We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good morning, grinders! <laughs> Something stuck in my throat, I guess, doing that. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. That's 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 where you can find me on Twitter, right? That's my username, right? Because someone on Twitter has Blender Head with the E and the A, and someone someone find them, someone kill them. Some someone get 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 the get the Twitter name from me if you can, if you can. Uh, but uh, but this is the show where we go over uh, we, re, we we review a little bit about yesterday's slate which was 11 games late. And I remember it's distinctly yesterday. Yesterday was like, we're coming back from the all-star break. I know there's 11 games and typically a lot of shenanigans happen on 11 game slates. It's a lot of teams, a lot of people that could possibly rest or get injured or be on the injury report or something. And I'm like, okay, they've been off for a week. What could happen? What could possibly happen? Maybe, maybe we get a nice calm night. No, that couldn't even do that coming back from the all-star break. There were tons of shenanigans going on, so we'll cover that a bit. We'll talk about today's seven-game slate. We'll go through some preliminary stuff. We got the got Rocket stuff. Oladipo probably sits on a back-to-back. Uh, DeRozan's out for personal reasons. So there's all, all types of stuff going on, and there probably is going to be stuff that we can't even expect that's going to end up happening. So why, why do we even bother? Why do we even bother here at 11 o'clock in the morning talking about anything other than strategy? Right, this is more of a strategy-focused show, so I interact with you folks in the YouTube chat if you're here. If you're, if you're listening later on the podcast feed, I'm going to wave to you even though you can't see me. Go rate and review that on iTunes. But I, I care most about my YouTube people. You know what to do on YouTube. I got my apple juice here. Keep it cold. Hit those thummy thumbs. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. You see people here, a card fan, Daniel Hutchins, Jupocalypse, John Johnson, DJ Cicero, Trey McRae, right? Card fan says FanDuel's a money printer. Yeah, yeah, the FanDuel, FanDuel's softer than, than DraftKings. I don't know. The, the, the bad players just, uh, you know, they just, they like the bright blue. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. But yeah, that that, that would be true. Last night, uh, playing cash games, uh, didn't do well in DraftKings. DraftKings was like, ugh. Minus 93%. Made it up on FanDuel. Didn't matter. Yahoo slight loss. So it was a little over 700 bucks uh, on the day. Because obviously you could see here that FanDuel, I'm, I'm 
I'm tilting more of my volume on a slate towards FanDuel and cash games than DraftKings and Yahoo now because, uh, you know, it's performing well, right? Right, so we got, we're over the 20K mark now. We're almost, we're almost to an all-time high. Right? I think the all-time high was like 21,000 something or other. Where, where, when was that? Yeah, 21.5 on the 19th. Now we're, now we're up to 27. So maybe, maybe Friday is the day. Maybe today's the day. Hit the all-time high. Uh, but I still got to make up some on, on DraftKings. Whatever. That's why you diversify. That's why you play on multiple sites, multiple types, head-to-heads, double-ups, triple-ups, whatever. You put it all together and you look at your return at the end of the season. But it was it was, uh, it was was a shenanigan slate yesterday. Why I mean, They come back from the All-Star game. The All-Star break. Figure, come on. Really? We didn't have many people that had injury jet designations. We didn't. We didn't until uh, 5.30. Oh, Luca, Luca and, and, and Porzingis aren't going to play. Just for, for what? Injury management. For what? What? Managing what? They've had a week off. I know Luca played at the All-Star game, but that's barely anything. So they're, they're, they're gone. We already had Embiid and Simmons out. Okay, we knew that. The side, you know, at least DraftKings priced them up a little. The other 76ers, FanDuel didn't. Then we got, uh, then, then John Wall was out. And P.J. Tucker just left. P.J. Tucker just said, screw it, I'm not playing anymore. Right? So he's not going to be playing for the Rockets anymore. So, And I know he doesn't do much. But he still takes up like 32 to 35 minutes on the court. So they were playing with an eight-man rotation yesterday. And then Gordon got injured in the middle of the game. So that if you played Rockets yesterday, I mean, that's essentially the, the late swap to the Rockets. I mean, it was the key to the slate. Kevin Porter Jr., if we knew if we knew that that everyone was going to be out for the Rockets, Kevin Porter Jr. would have been more than than sixteen percent owned. He would have at nearly minimum price. So you see a lot of a lot of the sharper players pulled up a bunch. Late swap to Kevin Porter. We got some uh, what Oladipo here, twenty three percent owned, right? Brick seventy five with seventy four percent Oladipo. A hub row seventy two percent Oladipo. Basically, you were able to late swap to guys like this, like Oladipo, if you didn't use as many of your slots on like earlier games, like Lowry or Tobias Harris, guys like that. Like I'm looking up here, Harden, right? If you played Harden as your payup option, like you're unlikely that you can even have money or a slot to, to play Oladipo. Most likely, you were filling slots with uh, with like Jalen Brunson or Tim Hardaway. <laughs> Some of those types of players, Josh Richardson, Josh Richardson more so on uh, FanDuel. But you didn't get the, 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 the Rockets game was until 10 o'clock. So we, we got that wall out news. When, when did we get it? Did we get it before the nine o'clock games? But still with Luca and, and Porzingis out, like the Mavericks were just all too cheap, right? Even if you play Kleber or Cauley Stein, something like that. Dwight Howard didn't start, right? We got that. That was the early stuff that Tony Bradley started. So a lot of people jumped on the Tony Bradley bandwagon. I mean, he got there for for his his minimum price, 26, but still Howard crushed. Even even for 5,300 on DraftKings. I mean, he got got 8X, right? 7, 7 to 8X, 39 and a half on DraftKings. And on on, on FanDuel, I mean, he he 10X. Right, he was thirty eight hundred on Fanduel. He didn't play him there, but I mean, Olenek also did well on on Fanduel. I mean, most likely you were paying down at center, either for Howard. And if, once you saw that Bradley was starting, then you switch over. He's paid seven hundred dollars more for uh, for Olenek, and Olenek did fine. Right, of course, thirty eight point seven five. Toby Harris was pretty much the dud. I mean, he scored thirty three point seven five, but I mean, he was what eight k. I mean, he was he was cheaper on Fanduel, but but for eight k, you're not gonna. 30, 33 ain't going to cut it, especially in GPPs. We see the winner here, the winner, Danny J26 of the, the 400K fadeaway. He went he went with the correlation of Jalen's or Jaden's. He didn't have Jalen Brown, though, right? Jalen Brown was on the slate, but he didn't play him. But apparently, if you play Jalen and Jalen and Jaden, you won. I mean, what happened in that Minnesota game? That was nuts. I mean, Minnesota just blew them out. 
So like not like Jalen Noel, with the fact that McLaughlin was out, Beasley's is suspended. Minnesota is short uh, in the backcourt. So I understood six, the six percent ownership on on, Jay, on Jalen Noel, who completely destroyed. Right? I mean, what twelve X? Jane McDaniel's on the other hand, you got you got incredibly lucky. They had no problem in the front court. So 0.75% owned. Right? Not much chalk in this lineup. I mean, really, you got Brunson, Jalen Brunson, probably the best, probably the best value of the slate with, with, with Luca out. Olenek, perfectly fine with Bam out. Okay, get it. Even Boucher, Boucher. 11% owned, 51 points. I had him on Yahoo. Obviously, Porter, 3,200. He did, he did great. Then you just get, get raw points, right? Giannis, done. Fill that power forward spot. Fill a center spot. Play Lillard, 4% owned. It didn't matter. It really didn't matter. It's just raw points. Like, it's not like, oh, you had to play Lillard. You didn't have to play Lillard. Like, E. Hafner's lineup. We go to him, his lineup. Noel. We got Noel there. Aaron Baines had a pretty good game. Kevin Porter. Kawhi. See, look, Kawhi 51. So that could have been Kawhi. Could have been Lillard. It could have been anyone. Josh Richardson. Nice 8 to 9x. Giannis is raw points. Butler. Right? He was 10% owned. Like, no one smashed, smashed. Like, none of the studs. Like, put up a ton, ton. Yeah, 62, 59, 50. Just needed points. Dwayne Bacon, just, I don't know, just to round it out. Take a look at the top line with Eckert Austin. Who's this guy? Right, similar type of lineup. Horford, he had a game, okay. Didn't realize that at 2%. It's not like he needed him. That could have been a lot. That could have been so many other players. Pokashevsky, right? He was he, he he was in the starting lineup, right? He, he ended up going for 10X at 3K and 1.79% ownership. Essentially, if you faded the Sixers outside of the centers, so we take a look. Take a look here because that was the that was the news that we knew. Simmons and Bead, but I mean, of course, the, 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 there was a blowout in that game. There were a lot of blowouts yesterday. So, like, if you played Harris, if you played Milton, if you played Curry, like they didn't get there really. And they got points, right? I mean, Curry got twenty nine. Okay. I mean, he was like 5K. Milton really didn't get there. No. Basically, Bradley or Howard, that that was it. But that was the early news. That was what we already knew already. People made more on, on the late swaps. Late swaps are just, just, uh, just contrarian. Not playing Kyle Lowry. He got 41 points. Okay, sure. Okay. Unnecessary. Powell actually got more points than him. I'm surprised Powell was 25% owned on DraftKings. I mean, he wasn't that he wasn't that exposed, really. Not many sharp players had really that much of Powell. Most benefited from late swap. I mean, if you want as a general rule, I mean, especially going into you know the second half of the season where we're gonna see a lot more, you know. Players sitting and teams tanking and whatever and resting for the playoffs. That if you just want to go into every slate and just assume shenanigans, that's what I'm calling it, shenanigans. You just want to assume shenanigans and just late just late swap. Just whatever the seven early games are. Maybe you play one or two or players, something like that. And you just build your lineups throughout the, the, the course of the night. Yeah, a lot of nights there won't be any shenanigans for you to take advantage of. You're right. Okay. Doesn't mean you can still win regardless. But maybe it's worthwhile to just play the shenanigans game. If you did that yesterday with the Rockets, you were you were good. I mean, you could have made an assessment that when Wall was downgraded to questionable, it's not like he was on the injury report. He got on, he got added to it. That that midday downgrade, just say, just in your head, go, I think Wall's gonna be out. And then play. Oladipo play Tate or who I mean we didn't know anything about the PJ Tucker thing though. 
Like PJ Tucker just straight out just didn't didn't play. There was no announcement of that. What was was Tucker owned? One percent owned. I mean, it's not like he produces much when he's on the court anyway. But still, once you take 30, 30 to thirty five minutes out of that guy, and yeah, and you give it to other people, then all the Rockets. I mean, they're playing with the seven or eight man rotation. But I think I think you could have built lineups as if Wall was out. If you wanted to take a chance, you take a shot. It's a 10 o'clock game. What's the worst thing that happens? You have Oladipo. It's not like, okay, if if Wall's in, it's not like these players aren't going to play. But I'm assuming based on, you know, how much they were jammed in into some of these sharper player lineups, that this was late swap. But you needed, you needed the spaces for it. That was the main issue last night. That if you already played Lowry, you already played Harden, you already played Harris, you already played some of these guys. Like, well, how, how, where are you fitting Oladipo in? Where are you feeling? Where are you, where are you fitting some of the Ross, or Rockets in? Are you going to take out Jalen Brunson so you could play Eric Gordon or something? Probably not. Anyway, so we had the Mavericks at the nine o'clock game, and they they their two their two highest usage players are gone. So I don't blame you if you're just like, well, I'm just going to play the Mavericks. But, I mean, that pretty much was a summary of last night. I don't know what you guys did going through the YouTube chat. Gerald Miller says, binked my sixth top 1% in Pick'em last night. Pick'em? Is that tears? Is that another format? I don't know. Last night in the last month, they helped to build bankroll for my tourney play. Well, that's good to hear. Edward Brown, Roto-Grinders had Seth Curry projected to be 43% owned on FanDuel. He only wound up being 19% owned. Was Roto-Grinders wrong or was the field wrong? Well, obviously, it's an ownership projection. So obviously, the projection ended up being wrong. But understand that ownership projections in NBA could change dramatically depending on news. Right? You can only run ownership projections so much, and then you have to figure out how many people are going to switch? How many people are going to play? We had, you know, at point guard, we're going to, once that Mavericks news came out, then it kind of flips everything on its head. Seth Curry's ownership was going to go down because then you have Hardaway and Richardson and Brunson to deal with. And then you figured, do you have to pay down at, at shooting guard anymore? You don't, you don't have to, because you also have Howard there and Olinick in the center spot cheap. So wait, you got, you, you're going to pay up for raw points somewhere. So that's why, like, all that ownership starts going towards guys like Harden on FanDuel. I'm talking about specifically FanDuel because FanDuel pricing was 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 soft with the the Sixers and, and the Mavericks. Now the Mavericks, I don't blame FanDuel. They, they, how are they supposed to know that Luca and Porzingis were sitting? But they knew about the Sixers. We knew Embiid and Simmons weren't playing yesterday, but they still had. Uh, Curry and and Milton and Harris and Howard. But once you take away the Mavericks, if, if Luca and Porzingis played last night, Seth Curry would have been that owned. Would have been 40-ish percent owned. 35, 40, somewhere around there. So it's just a matter of how much does the Mavericks news matter to ownership. I'm not even sure if I'm not even sure if the ownership projections reflected that reflected the Mavericks news. We get a lot of news so close to lock that it's it's hard to run ownership. You have to run the projections. They have, we have to have the projections team make new projections. They have to update that. Starting lineups start coming out and they're different because now we have Bradley. Bradley was in the starting lineup. So now you have to decrease Howard's ownership, his projection on player projection. You have to increase Bradley's projection. But Bradley's a power forward on drafting, on, on, on FanDuel. And he's cheap. So originally, you're most likely going to see Tobias Harris and Giannis as the chalk power forward combination. But now you had Bradley in there. Well, most likely he's still playing Harris. And so now Giannis comes out and he's 11K. So where, do, where, do, where, do the, where does that cash go to? Because you also have the Mavericks being cheap. It's going to go to where else? Probably shooting guard, a small forward position. People paid up a little bit for Brandon Ingram at, at small forward. So they played something like Ingram Richardson. 
Something like that. The money has to go somewhere. You still want to get raw points. That's why that's why understanding how roster construction works could put you ahead of the game when it comes to ownership. Because then you also have to you also have to you also have to predict what human beings are going to do. The earlier the news, the more likely it's going to be reflected in ownership. The later the news, the less likely it is. Something comes out early in the day. If, if that wall news, if wall was out and we knew he was out at one o'clock, Kevin Porter Jr.'s ownership would have been double. Oladipo would have been double. I mean, every, all the Rockets would have been much more owned. But the news came after lock. So like, how is that going to be reflected in ownership? Not as much. How much is news 10 minutes before lock going to be reflective of ownership? Not as much. Somewhat, but not as much. News from a day ago, the night before, DeRozan. We know DeRozan tonight is out. So we're going to see ownership on Derek White, on Murray, on Keldon Johnson, on those guys. Those are going to be high. Now, if more value comes out and more stuff happens, more shenanigans, the ownership of those players will have to come down to some extent. Not all the way down. That's how ownership is reflected. NBA, it change it could change on a on a drop of a hat, on a dime. MLB, not so much. Other sports, not so much. But M- NBA, definitely. Joe Marino asks, where do you find that spreadsheet with the ownership percentages of those top players? You just go, this is what you do. I'll show you. I'll show you from scratch. Okay. Okay, so you go to the slate. I'll show you. This is results DB is free. So you go to rotogrinders.com slash results DB. Okay, so I'm going go to the slate. So you go up here. You have the date, the sport, the slate, right? All of these slates, right? That happened yesterday. So you find the slate that you want. Now you can just go to ownership and you could see a cross section of contest to contest and you could select each contest to see that. If you want to see like player, like user ownership, go to contests and list all the contests, right? All the major ones, right? We got some double ups here, but most of the major ones here. So here's the fadeaway. You click on the fadeaway and you get all the lineups, right? The cached, right? So I could see Danny J26's lineup right here. Now, if I cl- go move over to this tab right up of here from entries to ownership, Right, I get this. So it'll show all the players, right? All the top phone players right over here, and I could search to them over here. And on the side, you see the standings and how many entries that that user used. Well, all I have to do is use these checkboxes. I'll go, what was Danny J26's exposure? Well, there you go. I could see it on this side. I could click as many of these as I want and see them side by side. See, Dinky Tyler. I go to the next, Papa Gates. Ah, it's Pat. Right, so I'm seeing this all side to side. Now, obviously, from from a viewing perspective, the more players that you select, you don't want to have to constantly scroll back and forth. So you hit this button called toggle full screen, and that'll move everything else out of the way. And there you go, you're there. So you could search for any user you want and see what their their exposures were for the, the, the number of lineups. Like, obviously, I click on there, get rid of them or did i do the opposite okay so like obviously someone with david stillwell this guy with one obviously he's gonna have a hundred percent right <laughs> he only has one lineup that's his exposure right little tem this guy three three lineups but here kyle wisenberg 20 lineups I mean, you could do one by one if you want but you could put them side by side that's results db but i mean you could go back to the slate Go to a different contest. We go to 888, the Mega 8s. Max entry 13. You see here. You see Osimo and Papa Gates. Right? You see what Osimo's. Oh, there, there that is. With Papa Gates, right? You could and toggle full screen, right? Toggle full screen. So that's where you find it. But you could also go and use this ownership tab 
and see what the what the ownerships of players between contests were. So, like, I'm going to go by the 888, the Mega 8s. I'm going to go to the, the fadeaway. That's what it was called. And then there's, the, what, the 20 max? Four-point play? Is there another 20 max? And one, the four, okay, let's go. Was there a bigger four-point play? Looking for it, was there a big 20 max? 80K four-point play. So let's go to that. 80K. Yeah, here we go. So you could see that, see, now you could look at the ownership differences of the players from state, different stakes, different contest sizes. So you can see here, like we go to Kevin Porter Jr. Look at the dramatic difference. In the 888, Kevin Porter Jr. was 28% owned. In the fadeaway, which is a $10, $15 fadeaway, whatever it was, 16% owned. In the, the, the four, the, the cheaper 20 max, 13% owned. The higher stakes you go, typically the sharper you get. So you can see the difference. Toby Harris, Jalen Brunson, like the differences between the ownership. Look at Oladipo, 35% in the Mega 8s, only 23% in the big GPP, and in the lower stakes GPP, less than 20%. Late swap. Tony Bradley, look at that. A lot of times you could go through here and see, you know, what 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 the sharp players did versus the the less sharp, the cheaper, the lower stakes players. Doesn't mean that all lower stakes players are stupid. Just you're more likely to see more stupid lineups. As you can see, you see where were your were your players sharp? I played a lot of this guy, and he, he he was less owned. Right? Look at Dwight Howard; he was more owned in the lower stakes than the higher stakes. So typically, that's a sign. Players that are more owned in the higher stakes versus the lower stakes are what you can consider maybe sharper plays. Are they really? Uh, who knows? But I mean that you could use that as some type of signal. If you're if, you, if, if they're higher owned in low stakes than they are in high stakes, then less of a sharp play. Typically, if you want to use that as a signal, it's not it's not the be all end all, but it it is the way to judge. Kind of did did, did I make the same? Types of lineups as, as sharper players did. Well, you could you could use this type of assessment in order to order as some type of tool. Does it doesn't mean that you won? That would to me, this is not about figuring out what the best lineup was the day. I want to duplicate what I want to replicate. Maybe not duplicate. I want to replicate what sharp, the top sharp players are doing, whether or not they've won on that slate or not. If you replicate what the top sharper players are doing. Every slate, you're more likely to be profitable because they're highly profitable players. On a single slate, anything could happen. But over the course of 365 days, wouldn't you rather have similar lineups as Papa Gates or Giant Squid or Brick 75? I would. So that's that's why I use Results DB. That's why I do this every morning. I consider this learning. This is this is part of your process. Oh, but I want to talk about today's seven-game slate. Well, you're going to constantly be in the in, in the in the mode of figuring out what's going to happen today and never learning any concepts on how to get better. So you see and you study what top players are doing, and then you utilize those concepts moving forward, refining it, slate after slate after slate. This is how I learned how to play. I downloaded CSVs five years ago. I played these lineups and I didn't do well. How come all these guys played this guy or that guy or built this way? Ah, that's why. And then you learn slate after slate after slate after slate after slate. And I'm a highly profitable player, yet I still do this every day. I may not take an hour. I mean, I may not, it may not be, uh, I'm not like, Spending hour upon hour studying this, but like every morning, let me open up results DB, take a look, see. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 15 minutes. 
Sometimes I'm interested in one certain thing of like, who's late swap there? How many people did this? Who built lineups this way? Who built balance builds versus stars and scrubs? Like I went in a certain direction. How, did, did anyone else go in that direction? And then I looked for it. I'm not going to be blown away. I'm at, and I'm, I'm at the point where I'm not going to be blown away by, by things, right? Oh my God, why is why was Kevin Porter owned last night? I have no clue how it, what are people from the future? No, of course. Debut for the team is a high usage player. They, they, they've, they had an eight-man rotation. P.J. Tucker skedaddled. So who else is going to get all, all, the, all the work on the wings? With Wall out. So you have, to, who, who's going to get it? They only have so many players. Mason Jones, well, they had to re-sign him now. So he's on another 10-day contract. So they didn't even have Mason Jones. It's not like he matters, but they didn't have many players in their rotation. So yeah, so, so people jammed in the Rockets. I get it. That's not surprising. If it's surprising you, then that's why, that's why you should be in Results TV. Looking, why? Why did all these people have this, these, these, these Rockets? And then you'd figure it out. Going through the YouTube chat. Remember, it's Casual Friday. Casual Friday, everyone. We're casually drinking that apple juice. Hit the thumbs up button. Keep it cold. Pretty good. So put in your casual questions. Let's take a look at today's slate. Let's see, 858 projections on DraftKings. Today seems like it's going to be what? Rockets plus Spurs. I'm guessing. We're going to have to see if, uh, if Embiid plays, right? He's probable. But who knows? Bradley Beal's questionable. So shenanigans, people. It's going to be shenanigans. But at least that's the first game. We have, it, it's, it's 8 o'clock. So we get, uh, it's like daylight savings time. It's kind of like we push it back today. We have two, what, one, two, three, eight o'clock games, two, nine o'clock games, a 10 o'clock, and then a 1030. So we'll probably get the Sixers and the, the Wizards news. We'll, we'll be able to have that before lock with Embiid, with Beal. But like Kevin Porter's still 3,200. We have him projected for 34 minutes. So yeah, so like the, he's probably going to be chalky. And people, you can probably listen, probably on Grinders Live. Are we chasing? I don't know. KJ Martin, we have him projected well. Because Houston's not going to have many players either. I mean, if Oladipo is going to sit on a back-to-back, I'll have to assume Wall's going to play. But if both of them are out, it's just it's jamming the Rockets time. That game is until 10 o'clock. Great. <laughs> Shenanigans. And of course, with the Spurs... You always have the notion, yeah, you're right. DeRozan's out. LaMarcus Aldridge is gone. He's somewhere. He's wandering the, the countryside looking for a new team. But it's still pop. You go, oh, okay, how do I not play Derek White now? How do I not play Keldon Johnson now? Who knows? Lucas Semanic or whatever, some other guy. Vassal maybe back. And they get 40, 40 points. Who knows? It's the Spurs. We take a look at the optimal now. 300, which is pretty high for DraftKings. Got Murray, White, Johnson. Yeah, I mean, look look at this. It's three, it's three Spurs, three Rockets, and then Embiid and Gobert. In our current 8.58 of the morning. I mean, the, the projections will change. That's what it looks like today, as of right now. But like if Beal is out... I mean, then, then, then we're going to be looking at Westbrook as a payup option instead of Embiid. So I'm going to lock him in. And what does that look like? Still playing Embiid. Still playing Embiid. It's projected for 60 points. Are we kidding? Really? Yeah, with no Simmons. I, I guess so. But here we go. Then we got Westbrook, White, Brown. Still comes into a basically Rockets, and then you get one spur. You still get Olenek in there. Do we have to play Gobert? Kevin Porter. Oh, because John Wall's in here. Okay, and now, now I see why. So if Beal is out, maybe Westbrook gets put in there. Let's get rid of Embiid. What does that look like? Yeah, this looks like more. more. You play LeBron instead. Still ends up being stars and scrubs. 
I don't know. I don't know how. I, I'm assuming this Martin projection is pretty fragile. We projected for 30, 30 minutes. I mean, who has to? I mean, they have to play for the Rockets. Who's available? Houston, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And one of them is Anthony Lamb. I don't even know who that guy is. Who's Tony Lamb? Sounds like a mobster. Tony Lamb? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And now I get now I get why the minutes are allocated this way. Because if Oladipo's out and like <laughs> who else is, they people got to take up the minutes somehow. PJ Tucker's not there anymore. So you need to the front court power forward minutes. Patton still is going to play a bunch at the center. Right. Ben McLemore still has to play, play 29 minutes. Just a matter of which one. It's the, like, this is the, it's the, I mean, look, and look how cheap they are. Other than Wall, even Tate's 5,800. You don't even have to play him, but everyone else is 3,500, 4,500, 3,000, 3,200. They've been playing 30 plus minutes and they're 3K. Probably going to play him. I mean, the current smash percentage is 57%, 44%. So, yeah, Rockets chalk day. Rockets plus Spurs. As of now, I always have to say that. I say that now. It seems so straightforward now. Then something will happen. We don't know what it's going to be. You never know what it's going to be. You can't plan for it. Can't expect it. It's like the Monty Python sketch. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. We never know. We think we know. We think we we play NBA DFS and we go, okay, some 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 bullshit's gonna happen. Right? Something's gonna be on the 530 injury report that we was never even no, no, we had no inkling about whatsoever. Then certain days we're like, okay, I, I think nothing's gonna happen. And then something happens. Something happens in the late game, right? We look at the Miami-Chicago game and go, okay, Bam's out, and what's 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 the big deal? And then Jimmy Butler doesn't play, right? Five minutes before lock of that 9 o'clock game. Ah, Jimmy Butler, I don't know. Had a bad sandwich or something. Food poisoning. Hangnail. Who knows? Who knows what it is? Smiled at the wrong person. Who, who knows why, why, why he'd be out? The next thing you know, it's like, now it's like, how do I play Goran Dragic? How do I play Duncan Rob? How do I play all these other guys? And that'll be at 8.55. Right? Mike Connolly will be out for no reason for the Jazz. No, no, you have no, no, we didn't, uh, no clue, what, no, whatever, and then it'll just happen. So why even bother? We say that most likely nothing's going to happen. I say that. And then something happens. That's NBA DFS. Where, when, when is baseball starting? I know there's spring training contest. I ain't playing that. When is MLB starting? Jason D asks, uh, does a player's range of outcomes and overall projection include their efficiency without stars? For instance, Mavs without Zinger and Luka, logic would say overall team efficiency would decrease. Yes. The projections will account for that. They should, it should account for it. Most of the time they do. Right. You can't say that the Mavericks offensive efficiency is going to be higher with, with Luka and, and Porzingis out. The projections take care of that. But of course, a lot of times you, you take, you take those players out while the team will be less efficient, like all the other players are going to play an extra, you know, they're, going to, they're all going to play an extra 15 minutes. And they're also going to, instead of being 17% usage, they're going to be 28% usage. So while the usage may not be as efficient, it's still, you know, when they're 4,200, 4, they're going to have 28% usage. And it, like Brunson, he was 5,500. He's going to have 28, 29% usage and play 35 minutes. Yeah, see, it won't be as efficient, but I mean, he's 5,500. If it was 7,500, that's a different story. That's what he should be priced. So the projections already take that into account. So Kevin Porter, 4,900 on FanDuel. Okay, oh, they priced him up. Oh, FanDuel did something. Let me go look at FanDuel. We took, took, we took a look at DraftKings. 
FanDuel actually priced him up. I'm assuming he'll still be in. He'll still be in the optimal there. Assuming that Oladipo is out, and we're, we're assuming that he's going to sit on a back-to-back. Let's take a look at this FanDuel lineup. Yeah, Porter's still in there. Tate, right? We still get the same thing. Houston, Seth Curry's still only five thousand. Sterling Brown, I guess. Basically, getting a lot of Rockets, Spurs. Still have Harris and Embiid. Still get you. Still get the Sixers. Yeah, we still have our, on, on on Fanduel. Kenyon Martin, he's not even in the out. I mean, I guess you can't. Yeah, right. Kenyon Martin, I guess you could play him. He's almost unnecessary on Fanduel. Like if we lock him in instead of Sterling Brown or something. What does that look like? Oh, he's like biting Brogdon. Oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. So let's say you play Porter and Martin. Let's say you play Porter and Martin together, and you go down both spots at small forward. What does that lineup look like? Yeah, you're paying up everywhere. White, Brogdon, Mills, Mitchell, Martin, Porter, Harris, Sabonis, and Bede. Right, FanDuel's going to be a joke today. It's almost like you can't play the Rockets on, on, on FanDuel because most of their pricing is soft as it is. It's a matter of just figuring out the right Rockets to play because Tate is 4700 He's cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. All these Rockets are going to have to play. If Oladipo's out, I mean, they're only going to have eight guys. And two of them are garbage. I mean, two of them, I mean, Tony Lamb. Who the hell is Tony Lamb? Let's take a look. Anthony Lamb. Anthony Lamb. It's a two-way contract. Does he, does he look like a mobster? He may play basketball for the Vermont Catamounts. Great. He doesn't look like a mobster. Sounds like a mobster. Tony Lamb. Tony Lamb's coming. So what else you got? In the YouTube chat, hit that thumbs up button. Thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs. It's casual Friday. So maybe I'll casually get the hell out of here if there's no uh, there's no more questions in the YouTube chat. You know, I'm here for you. Feel free to type them in. You could always you could always find out, you know, all the answers. All the answers you'd ever need in my course. Theory of daily fantasy sports. How to think like a professional DFS player. It's a 15 hour audio masterclass. All the concepts, all the all the stuff that I talk about, all in one place, all in this nice structured, structured education. You even see the table of contents here. Game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology, a bunch of miscellaneous topics. It's all itemized out for you. So go to theoryofdfs.com, pick that up. I mean, it's a reference guide. You can listen to this five years from now, and it and it should still apply. DFS is not going away. It doesn't matter. Format, sport, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. These, these are the math. This is math. They're not going to math isn't going away. It's not going to, the math of the game isn't, oh, well, they increase the salary to 70,000. It still doesn't matter. Oh, we're going to add an extra utility slot. It doesn't matter. The game of DFS stays the same. You're competing against other people. So as long as you're competing against other people, all the concepts in this course will apply. So go to Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, theoryofdfs.com. Go pick that up. Or you can just listen to all the, all the past pregame shows and go through like, like uh, 180 hours of content if you want. If you want... It's all condensed down into 15 hours here, structured. If you, if you don't, if you, if you have a, a question, otherwise, then you come, you come, yeah, you show up to the pregame show, send me an email, questions at theoryofdfs.com, and I answer them. That's fine with me. As long as it's not like, is Kevin Porter Jr. a good play? I don't know. 34 minutes, 30, 30.96 median, his range is 18 to 44. 10 plus minus, he's 3,200. Most likely you're playing, okay? <laughs> can you build lineups without him? Yes, you can. If you fade Kevin Porter Jr., you probably can build whatever the hell lineup you want to build. 
You're going to be giving up a lot of median, but there's a leverage. You hope that he dies, right? He sprained his ankle yesterday. You never know. Because he sprained his ankle. Gordon was out. I mean, the Rockets are going to be down. Haven't they lost like 14 games in a row? Yeah, they've lost, I think, 14 games. Yeah, they're dead. They're done. They ain't making the playoffs or anything, right? That's why P.J. Tucker's. He's gone. He'll go to some other team and do nothing for them also. I think he's the, I think he's the, he's the, guy, he's the type of player that's like, he's, he's good for, for a team in real life, but for DFS purposes, doesn't do anything. Like Tony Snell, right? Those types of guys. Andre Roberson. At least with Roberson. Like, he's there for his defense. But, yeah, so that, that that's today's slate. There's no more questions. I could get out of here early for a Friday. That, that's what I should do. It's an early weekend. An early weekend for me and for Eli and for Devin. Like, Devin's in the chat. Devin's, Devin's looking over us. But he, Eli's doing the producing. Right? We, we could clap. See, this is nowhere near the speed of clapping that Eli's used to. This, this is like, picture this on like your podcast player on like 17 speed. Like that would be Eli clapping. You use that clap emoji when, he, when Eli's here. You get, uh, you get extra credit. I don't know. We have to come up with a meme for Eli. He does clapping. There has to be, some, there has to be something for that. There has to be. You come up with it, and we'll use it. You can come up with some type of clapping meme for Eli. We'll use it. We already have the apple juice, right? We already got that. That's that's a meme for the show. We already got the thummy thumbs. Okay, that's a meme for the show. Play whoever you want. I say that all the time. Okay, we already got that. Lineups, not players. Okay, we got that. We need something for Eli. Joe Wheeler asks, when building 150 lineups, what kind of spread are you comfortable with on your optimal, least optimal lineup? It all depends on the slate. Depends, on obviously, on the contest that you're in. It could be 20. It could be 50. Probably, probably not 50, but, I mean, as long as the lineup has the requisite leverage to make up for the projection, you could play it. The lineup is 20 points off optimal. You have to gain enough ownership, a discount on owners, lower ownership to make up for those 20 points. If you're not getting much ownership difference, then that lineup is horrible. You can play a lineup that's 30 points off the, the projection, as long as you're getting requisite ownership. If the, the top owned, the optimal is a total, let's just use cumulative ownership as as a guide the top one is 180 i'm going to sacrifice 30 points and only get like 20 20 percentage points off of ownership that's probably a garbage line if you're getting like 60 right if you that's a really low owned lineup may not even be worth playing but i mean at least probably still plus ev just the likelihood of that lineup hitting is very very high very very low be high variance. You're going to hit that lineup once every lifetime or something. Still probably plus EV. As long as you're getting the requisite ownership discount on the lineup. Do you want to play a ton of lineups like down over there? Probably not. You're not going to live enough lifetimes to to realize the, the EV of those lineups, even though they're positive. So there's no spread. There's no... You're talking about a diversification issue. So that has nothing to do with strategy. My top lineup is only three points off optimal. My bottom lineup is only 30 points off. Like, or you could play a lot of lineups that are only three to five points off. You could do that. That's that's all about diversification. That has nothing to do with, with strategy. As long as it's a plus EV lineup, go play it. Anchor Malhotra, let's get it. Yeah, he needs a win for baby mama payments. What for alimony? 
probably shouldn't be playing DFS for alimony. That doesn't seem financially prudent. Or may or maybe. Maybe you shouldn't have stuck it in then. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have stuck it in. Up, oh, oops, oops. Didn't pull out. Well, that's your problem. Don't put it on us that you need to bink for your child support payments. But whatever. That's that's your fault. That's 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 negative EV. That's why I don't have kids. Negative EV. There's no there's no way kids are a plus EV. There's no there's no way. Negative EV. Just I just until what? Until they're 18, 21 years old? So the next 20 years of my DFS play, I have to pay even more rake to give to give to some 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 little guy that looks like me that eats all my food? No, get out of here. Get out of here. No kids for me. No kids for me. I'm going to keep all my money. Okay. Now that we talked about that, that my 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 opinions towards child rearing. Let's get out of here. So on your way out the door, hit that thumbs up button. Hit the dummy thumbs. We got uh, Grinders Live tonight at, it should be 6.30, right? It's an 8 o'clock slate. It'll be Dean and someone else because I never never checked the schedule before before saying who's going to be on the show. It'll be Dean and someone else on Fridays. And then uh, Crunch Time, which is at 7.30 tonight, is for premium members, for Roto Grinders Premium. Sign up for that. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month and sign up for the premium, the combo. So you don't just get NBA. You get NBA, you get MLB, because that's coming up in three weeks. Get PGA. You get get, uh, MMA. Get LOL. Get soccer, right? There's a soccer slate tomorrow that I'll be playing. And we have soccer projections. So go get that. So get the combo premium. $10 off your first month by clicking on that link in the description. I know I say that there's not going to be shenanigans, but we all know there's going to be shenanigans today, right? Oh, Spurs, Rockets, easy. Click it in, set it and forget it. Nope, probably going to be shenanigans by the end of the day. So good luck with that. And uh, and I'll, I'll see you back back on Monday, right? Because I'm here. That's what, that's what I do for you guys. I'm here every weekday, every weekday, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern. For the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.